0: Welcome to the NCLA Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Mann, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. And today I am joined by a couple of other individuals that are also here in Arizona. So this is a an unusual treat for the podcast. Uh, Tammy Bonner and Jennifer Brooks are the Arizona CTE Curriculum Consortium Director and Assistant Director, respectively. Today we're going to be talking about success by design and the grassroots efforts to statewide consortia and current partnerships in Arizona. Thank you so much for joining me, Tammy and Jen, and I'm excited to dive into the conversation. And I've, I've known you both for years, so I'm excited for our audience to hear about the fantastic work that's happening through your organization. Thank you, Rachel, for having us today. Yeah, we're glad to be here. Excellent. Well, thanks for being here. And Tammy, I'm going to start with you. If you could give us some background on your organization and how
1: it's gotten to be where it is today. Sure, thanks, Rachel. Our writing project for the Arizona CTE Curriculum Consortium began back in 2009 through a writing project of Pima County JTED, which is a career and technical education district here in Tucson, Arizona. And really, it was uh, first designed to design CTE curriculum for this particular district that was relevant and engaging for classroom use. And additionally, they really did have a focus of uh, aligning the curriculum and instructional resources to the Arizona Department of Education technical standards. Here in Arizona, our Department of Education has created CTE technical standards for various uh, programs. And um, and we are happy to be in partnership with them. So our group focuses on designing a curriculum and instructional resources specifically for secondary CTE programs. And as our writing project started back in in two thousand and nine, it, it just gained some traction around the state when people learned about the success of. Using our curriculum resources, and uh, others asked to join in. And today, Our consortium consists of 32 member districts, uh, so various schools, public schools, um, as well as private and charter um, high schools. And we have an outreach that expands statewide, serving over 2,000 CTE teachers who actually log into our site and use various resources to help them succeed in their CTE programs.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Thanks, Rachel. And in addition to what Tammy mentioned, you know, we, as she said, we have grown over the past years and added member districts. We are governed by a steering committee that directs our mission and vision of our organization. And in addition to Tammy and myself on staff, we also have two full-time writers, as well as a few part-time assistants and editors that keep all of this work moving forward and keep producing resources uh, regularly throughout the year.
0: Well, Jen, and I actually was fortunate to not only use the resources when I was still in the classroom as a teacher, but I also wrote for the Curriculum Consortium Many, many years ago, hopefully you guys went back and redid some of those that were a little choppy, but um, (laughs) but how do your resources support teachers in improving student learning outcomes? Well, and that's a great
2: question because really that's what it's all about is supporting the students um, and helping them be prepared for their next steps after high school we work, as I mentioned, our writers work with our subject matter experts, at our teachers in the classroom to decipher the standards. We create instructional resources at a high level for a program, such as a blueprint or instructional framework, scope and sequence documents, these that shed light on what the entire program should encompass based based on the curriculum and on the technical standards here in Arizona. From there, we drill down and provide daily lessons with presentations, PowerPoints, attachments, activities embedded throughout that really help teachers, not only the brand new teacher that wants to take a lesson and implement it right away the next day in their classroom, but all the way to our experienced teachers who can step back, use those bigger picture documents to design a program that meets the needs of their community. We have a very diverse uh, state here in Arizona many urban areas, as well as a lot of rural teachers that we serve, and for them to be able to have access t- 24-7 to these resources on our site and use and modify them to be able to serve their community and their students is really what we are passionate about.
1: And in addition to that, as far as what Jennifer has offered, we also have our lessons and resources aligned to the Department of Education technical standards. So some of what she mentioned in terms of the blueprints, instructional frameworks, and lessons um, help guide uh, the teacher in the classroom and ultimately helping to have the student be successful on the end of program assessments, when all of the resources uh, that the teacher is using are being aligned to the technical standards, that just helps to further ensure that, number one, they are in, including each of the standards, but also that ultimately could lead to success on that technical assessment at the end of their program.
0: And we know that right now, one of the important things in career technical education is the high-quality CTE. So how does your organization align to high-quality CTE, Tammy?
1: That's a great question, Rachel. And one of the things that our stakeholders have expressed to our organization is understanding the high-quality CTE framework and how we are able to support this with the various resources that we are designing. We feel strongly that um, there's at least four different areas that we align closely to within that high-quality framework, one of them being uh, the standards-aligned and integrated curriculum. And um, Jennifer and I have both mentioned how our resources are aligned to uh, the Arizona Department of Education, CTE, technical standards, um, and then, again, aligning those resources to um, student uh, success and achievement on, on assessments. Uh, we also feel strongly that we align closely to being having a prepared and effective program staff. Many of the applications and resources that we provide to teachers also are accompanied by providing professional development to teachers, so really helping them to understand the pedagogy of of instructional classroom teaching and various other applications that teachers and components are, are using in their classrooms and something else that we align closely to is is providing that engaging instruction. So as Jennifer mentioned where we build out daily lessons and project-based lessons, each of those have active engagement strategies that truly engage our students in the classroom and really keep them on task and learning the standards.
2: Yeah, and the fourth high-quality element that our resources also align to is The student assessment piece are all of our lessons, as well as some of our high level resources, support teachers with both formative and summative assessment to really gauge the mastery of their students toward those technical skills assessments and toward success on both the technical skills assessment that program completers here in Arizona take, as well as industry assessments and certification exams. So, our our daily lessons include regular multiple choice questions like they'll see, as well as those formative um, assessments that teachers can use to modify and adjust their curriculum in alignment with the instructional needs of their class, as well as that high quality framework for student assessment.
0: Jen, you and Tammy have both talked some about the site and how folks can access resources there. Can you share a little bit more about this site and what features that you found to be most beneficial?
2: Yes, absolutely. We're still very excited. Just last May, not even quite a year ago, we launched a brand new site. As Tammy mentioned, starting in 2009 with just one district and then growing, what was in place for many years and what I know you are most familiar with was referred to as the Wiki. And um, those of us who have been around a while still are very uh, familiar with that term. But that was the place that the materials were housed. Just last year, we were able to launch a microsite in alignment with open education resources to allow for really a knowledge management system. So our resources are now fully searchable by technical standard, breaking it down even to the measurement criteria level. Teachers can find resources that way, as well as through keywords. We also have the functionality on our site to have groups So each program group that we support, and there are 58 here in Arizona, such as accounting, for example. So all of the accounting teachers have one page where all of their resources are, as well as a discussion forum where they can collaborate and communicate and share best practices. And we also have a place on that page for the Department of Ed program specialist to house resources and materials and make announcements as well. Our site also features the ability for teachers to have a profile and save all of the resources that they most utilize to have easy access in their profile. And we also have the functionality to integrate with learning management systems. So we have districts across the state that teachers can access our site through their Canvas dashboard or their Moodle dashboard or things like that as well. Um, In addition, we have hubs which are able to be organized by district. So at a school level, you can communicate with just those um, CTE teachers at your school or in your CTED perhaps. And then we also have areas for more general resources, such as employability skills, professional skills, um, CTSO resources, anything that you may find useful work based learning resources, for example, that would be applicable for all program areas. So we're very fortunate to have a really robust uh, framework now to support our teachers and help them quickly and easily find what they're looking for. In addition, like I mentioned, we are aligned with open education resources, and we have curated some of the best content out there by quality providers to align and be additional resources for CTE teachers. So for example, engineering, uh, there's a lot of math uh, resources on there. ELA and science for those, you know, like our ag and our health programs, they're able to find resources that may not necessarily be directly aligned to our state technical standards, but still support student learning and meeting those objectives.
1: In addition to uh, what Jennifer has offered, our teachers, I think, have found most useful just the advanced search tool on the site itself. For many of our teachers who may not use the already available vetted collection that has our stackable lessons, they may opt to search for those open education resources. And that advanced search option is really helpful for the teacher to not only search by a word or something specific in that nature, but they can also drill down and search by standard, which they have found really helpful. So we are just excited to be able to have such a robust system for our teachers to organize themselves and really use what they would like.
2: Yeah, and and one thing I'll add there, too, that I forgot to mention is we, we talked a lot about providing the resources out to our users and our teachers, but we also have the functionality to have teachers upload and share their resources as well, and that's been valuable, especially as you can imagine, with all of the, the remote learning that has happened over the past year and really teachers having a need to have access to things that are working for other colleagues in their classrooms. And we found that to be a valuable piece as well.
0: Wow. And I, for those of you listening in, be sure to expand on the details of this podcast and you'll find a link to the website and to all of these great resources that we're, that we're learning about here today. Jen, you and I both worked at Westmeck and did a lot of professional development work that we facilitated together. We both know how important PD is for our CT teachers, leaders, educators in general. How important is professional development in implementing a curriculum with fidelity? And I'll, I'll start with you on this one, Tammy.
1: Well, as industry professionals are entering the field of education, we know how important it is for within their professional experience to learn the pedagogical practices and best practices of teaching. And we work closely with the Premier Series courses, which is a series of of courses put on by several districts within Arizona, and they are all designed to help an industry professional transition into teaching, and also about how the importance of implementing curriculum and all those different components of what will help them be successful in their classrooms. We've mentioned before how we provide professional development as well, but in these premier series courses... One in particular is instructional best practices, and it really does drill down for the industry professional coming into education, understanding what will help them uh, be successful in their classrooms. Our resources complement that course in particular because our lessons are designed around those essential elements of instruction. Working with a subject matter expert they they are designed about what is important for industry along with those classroom components of teaching a lesson. We feel strongly about teachers coming in and being provided this professional development to help that transition be more smooth and, and help them to be successful in their classrooms.
2: Yeah, and in addition to what Tammy mentioned, you know, what's been great about the community of CTE here in Arizona. As she mentioned, these premier series courses um, coordinated by our state association are put on by a number of folks across the state, but they're very consistent. So there's a common language that those of us in CTE here are able to speak and that the teachers are able to hear the same um, terms and messages, not only from these courses, but from other CTE teachers in their district who are maybe supporting them, We know many CTE teachers are singletons and may not have a a colleague in their building that teaches the same content. And so to be able to use the same strategies and to be able to help support one another um, that way, or even across the state as they're talking with other folks who have also taken these courses, has been very beneficial for our community of teachers.
0: Having experienced that professional development that goes along with this, it, it's just phenomenal. And I know that this is something that's very unique for Arizona, but for someone who may be from a different state and they're interested in starting a movement like this within their organization or agency, what pieces of advice would you give them, Jen?
2: Well, that's a great question, Rachel, because they're you know we've evolved so f- far from from where we came originally and i know tammy can speak more to some of those things that maybe guided the organization at the beginning but i think really reaching out and collaborating with stakeholders across the state and extending an invitation for conversation in order to really help ultimately improve student learning and knowing that curriculum is one piece of that for cte teachers in the you know the wide variety of responsibilities they have and being able to organize at a state level in alignment with state standards and have representation from stakeholders across the state as well as teachers and sharing their voices i think has been really valuable and if then that's what i would suggest is you know reaching out seeing who can contribute, who may have something to add to the conversation that could really support um, an organization like this or a movement that you might want to start in your own neck of the woods.
1: And in addition to that, one of the foundational pieces, once you have all of that information from your various stakeholders, is in order to implement something that you would prefer an outcome to be what you would like it to be, is the training that is involved for the staff. So anyone that is involved with producing any type of the resources really should be going through training in order to have the outcome what you would like it to be. I mean, no matter what level of teacher they are, we have them go through modules and and different PD in order to be successful at the end. Um, And that really has helped our organization be consistent with the type of resources we are developing. And therefore, it all aligns with the mission and the vision of the stakeholders themselves.
0: And Tammy, would you mind sharing with us an innovative practice that is taking place in your organization that others may be able to replicate in their context?
1: Um, sure. It just so happens, Rachel, that just last year in 2020, odd year of all, we were named the Region Five Innovative Program of the Year for Arizona. So it's it's funny that we think about that, but you're right. Our entire organization really has been innovative, and I think one of the biggest practices with that is bringing multiple teachers together from various areas, whether they're rural. Um, urban, and having them collaborate to develop these resources. This year alone, we've had to switch just ways of our modalities of bringing the teachers together. So innovatively, um, using virtual modalities to keep the conversations going and to keep the collaboration going, that in and of itself was just a challenge. Teacher's time is already used up and spent. And so we really do value the teacher's input. They are the subject matter experts and we rely on them to create our resources. So it's hard to pick just one thing, but I would say just in a whole keeping the teachers involved, trained, and keeping our resources relevant.
0: That is just excellent, and it's just exciting to be able to share these best practices for others to be able to sometimes do the same thing or to be able to have a spinoff or something that, that is just inspired by the great work that's happening. So really appreciate you guys sharing the great stuff that's happening here in Arizona. And I would also like to hear from you on failures to avoid. Jen, do you have something that you can share with us that is a failure that you would have approached differently, or maybe possibly lessons that others can learn from it?
2: Yes, that's That's a great question because you're absolutely right in that, you know, that is really where we can learn and grow and continue to improve the efforts that we do personally and within our organizations. And I think that there's a couple of things that come to mind as far as, especially over this past year, we've had to modify and adjust. We're, We're used to bringing our teachers together in person to work on Uh, building out these resources and drilling down into their standards and really deciphering them and, and where we go from there and building out the resources. And so obviously we had to adjust that, especially this past year, and we were able to quickly Modify in order to bring teachers together and continue to move the work forward in a virtual setting. We did learn some lessons along the way as far as breaking things out. We were able to make some of the pieces of work asynchronous and done in advance so that when we had the time for teachers to come together, we really wanted to maximize that and find, obviously, you know, there are, they were already many of them on their Zoom calls all day with their students or on their Google meets. And so really to ask them to contribute to this effort is above and beyond their normal scope of duties. And so really to take, um, make the most of the time we had with them, we were able to continue to move the work forward. We were able to really bring together, in some cases, larger groups of teachers because they didn't have to travel and because it was a much more convenient for them to contribute um, just by logging on. And so that is something that has had kind of a silver lining for us in the fact that, you know, moving forward, and we, we definitely do look forward to in-person work together in the future, but I think our eyes are open and our teachers are much more uh, willing to um, consider other modalities to get together and to collaborate and to learn from each other.
1: And I agree with Jen. I think um, looking back over the years, different ways we have had to shift um, to meet our goals, whether it was bringing everybody together over summertime to hiring curriculum writers and, um, you know, we we could no longer fiscally support the model that, that we once did. Um you know, I think that being open to understanding the need for the change and making the changes to meet your goals is is paramount.
0: Well, and it's exciting to see just how how as Jen mentioned, the silver silver lighting side of it that We're going to have so many things that we'll do differently in a post-pandemic era uh, because we've just uncovered so many inefficiencies and how we can do things better. So, you know, at least there's some some really positive things that are coming out of what's happened in our world around us over this past year.
1: Absolutely. You're seeing it everywhere.
0: Oh, yes. And Tammy, what is a project that you've recently embarked upon? I mean, We've heard about a couple already, but is there anything else that you've uh, started recently?
1: Um, actually, yes. Thanks, Rachel. Uh, we have recently partnered with the Center for the Future of Arizona, and they are an organization here in Arizona that focuses on um, helping students transition from uh, K twelve to into um, post secondary, and uh, really looking at a career oriented scope. And they had partnered a couple of years ago with the Jobs for the Future, who had designed a career literacy program. And so they had implemented um, a part of that in various areas of Arizona. And as we all know uh, how important the career literacy piece is, um, also with it being part of uh, the Perkins Five Initiative Um, we felt strongly that um, creating a partnership with the Center for the Future of Arizona to provide these career literacy uh, resources across our member districts would only help to ensure that what they're learning at the 5 through 8 or 9 grade level and then into the secondary CTE program piece and then thereafter, of course, if if it worked out for the student, um, that was an important um, endeavor that we wanted to uh, approach and um, it was already designed and it, it just made a perfect match between the Center for the Future of Arizona and um, with the Curriculum Consortium. So we are in the in the very beginning stages of designing the site hub and group for these users or teachers that will be implementing these resources in that um, five through eight grade level and so um, it, it's exciting We're thrilled to be able to have these additional resources on our site and and available. And so it just really does help support um, career and technical education um, for students here in Arizona.
2: Yes. And we've heard from our stakeholders the, the need for these resources. We've heard from teachers loud and clear at these middle grade level that they are looking for something to implement. And we were just thrilled to have the infrastructure to be able to support it and distribute it in a way that is meaningful. Uh, We also really value the fact that the Center for the Future of Arizona has a similar model in encouraging teachers to modify and adjust the curriculum as well as incorporating all of those best practices and quality instructional strategies. So it was really just a win-win situation for not only CFA as well as us, but our stakeholders and our teachers, especially.
0: I absolutely love the name Center for the Future of Arizona. That just is so catchy, but what a fantastic partnership and opportunity just to be able to come together and move education forward and have that extra, that support system.
1: Yes, we're just really excited about this project and can't wait to unveil it this summer.
0: Well, both of you are so passionate about the work that you do, and I'm curious what you enjoy most about
1: your role, Tammy. Well, uh, I have the good fortune of first working with just an incredible team Um, between Jennifer, our curriculum writers, our editors, um, and any of the multiple CTE teachers who have joined us in Um, our various events and whatnot. It just, it's so exciting to see that um, a project that began in a CTED that encompassed maybe 13 districts. And so a handful of CTE teachers and programs have now expanded across the state. So I am just excited to be able to continue with our organization and I can't wait to see what happens over the next 10 years. Um, and that that piece in and of itself, uh, watching teachers use the resources, be successful, watching the student achievement, it, it, it really is powerful. And I appreciate working with all of our stakeholders as well, um, without them we wouldn't be here. And, and it's it's greatly impacted our state and helped drive CTE forward.
2: Yeah. And, and for me, I would echo everything Tammy said. Absolutely. You can see, uh, you know, you can hear her passion and see why it's such a pleasure to work with not only her, but our team. We have tremendous support from our stakeholders and from the CTE community here in Arizona. And You know, for me, I started out jumping directly from industry into a CTE classroom and remember the challenge of that first year and those first few years, absolutely. And to now be able, years later, to have um, been able to spend over a decade in the classroom myself and then move up uh, to serve a district and now at the state level. Just to feel that ripple effect of the number of teachers and students we are able to impact positively um, is just so rewarding.
0: And it makes it fun and enjoyable, really, to to come to work every day. Because I know so many people on your team, I can echo those sentiments on, on how wonderful it is to work with all of these fantastic people and just have those relationships And we talked some, Jen, about how COVID-19 has impacted the work that's happening. Do you have anything else that you can share about what's happened in this past year?
2: Sure. Yeah. Well, what was valuable with our new site, and obviously we launched in May, so it was a little bit of some interesting timing last year after we all kind of shut down in March. But we were able to not only stay on track with our launch, but then also add another um, location, another landing page on a few of the pages on our site to support remote learning. As you know, there was a lot being shared out. We, um, we're part of a number of curricular organizations that um, we, we have high quality resources. And so we were able to have a place that CTE teachers in our state could go and find maybe some best tips or practices and things like that. So that has, that, that's been one good piece. Um, as I mentioned before, being able to modify and adjust, keeping the work going. And we also were able to um, identify those lessons um, that had a technological component to them, or could be easily converted through to online instruction. And we were able to easily designate those on our site with an endorsement. And so teachers could see right away if they were looking at something, if it was going to be able to be easily implemented in a remote or virtual setting. Um, As you can well imagine, we've had districts that have been in person, um, you know, since the beginning and districts that have not been in person at all since until recently. And so... Really, um, one of our challenges is the diverse stakeholders that we serve across the state. You know, every district is different. And so, being able to be a common place for them to come and be part of the community and find resources, um, I think has helped us support our teachers through the COVID pandemic.
1: And, you know, Jen talked about the engagement strategies that are identified in, in some of our lessons, but really, you know, just to just to piggyback on what she was talking about, initially, we only had a handful of online strategies that we had recommended before uh, COVID-19. And when everything shut down in March, everyone was pretty well scrambling to figure out what would work best <laughs> across all, all the multiple districts. So um, thanks to Jen Good's work, we developed an a, a active engagement strategy crosswalk that really took all the um, typical engagement strategies that you would do in an, in an in-person classroom and then made recommendations, multiple recommendations of, of Uh, different applications that you could use that would mirror uh, those engagement strategies. And so not only did we identify those lessons that may have already had them in, but using that great crosswalk, teachers are easily able to modify and adjust their lessons according to what their district program needs were. And, And now there's, goodness, over hundreds of suggested strategies that that the teacher could select from. So um, you, you can imagine the research teachers would have to do to figure out what would work best with within an online instruction uh, modality. And, and I think that this crosswalk was unique enough to be shared with everyone and meet the needs for whatever program you were going to be using them for.
0: I can only imagine how much of a relief that was for those educators to have that rich resource, and you know, it was just such a time of panic for everyone. So I can imagine that was a huge relief to them.
1: Yes, several people commented on how <laughs> 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 oh, well, they appreciated having that just at their fingertips, and again, they could choose whatever strategy they. Um, preferred to use and there's quite the list there. Well, Well, thank you so much. I appreciate both of you joining us
0: today for this podcast and for all of the rich information and best practices that you've shared with our listeners. And for those of you listening in, again, be sure to expand upon the details of this podcast so that you can Not only access the website, but also you'll know how to connect with Tammy and Jen if you'd like to pick their brain a little bit, and I'm sure sure they'll be more than happy to collaborate with you if there are things that you can collaborate on. And also, if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, please email me at info at ncla-cte.org. Or if you just have topics that you'd like for us to cover in the future, please send those our way as well. Thanks again, Tammy and Jen. I've enjoyed so much having you here today.
1: Thank you, Rachel, for having us.
0: Yes, thanks, Rachel. It's been a pleasure.